This episode was recorded during the SAG After Strike. As fans and content creators, we stand in solidarity with the creatives currently on strike. There's power in a union. I'm JP Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as the Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching the Magic. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Haunted Mansion. I am your host, your ghost host. And her too. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know how I ended up here. I walked in, a room started stretching. It's all weird. Hi, Kiki. Hi, Tuesday. Yes, we are in the middle of the spooky season, and we are talking about the Haunted Mansion movie, not the new one, not the one that came out earlier in 2023, the first in, in the first iteration from 2003. So yes, this movie is now 20 years old, or will be 20 years old uh, in November. If you thought releasing a Haunted Mansion movie in the summer was an issue, what about releasing a Haunted Mansion movie on Thanksgiving? Yeah, they just can never seem to get the timing of these movies right. It's either way too early or just slightly too late. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I don't know. The only one that they've gotten right was the Muppets Haunted Mansion, which they released at exactly the right time. Mm-hmm. Kind of wish we were talking about that, but we, we do have to talk about the original before we can get to that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the early 2000s was a weird time because this was that time where Disney was saying, hey, we're making rides based off our movies. Let's make movies based off our rides. And that started with 2000's Mission to Mars, which, uh, well, not directly Disney. It was Touchdown, so technically Disney. But uh, a lot of people don't count that. But they do count the 2002 Country Bears movie. Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't even want to think about what would happen if we, if we end up touching that. Yeah, we've, we've debated it a couple of times. You know, for full transparency, but yeah, it's it's always kind of, we've always kind of just gone like, oh, please, we suffer enough for this podcast. <laughs> I don't think there's anything to be said about the Country Bears movie that hasn't already been said by other reviewers. Yeah. And of course, there was 2003's Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, which we did talk about. And that was the big hit. That was the big franchise maker to this day. And thus, and that was, you know, summer of 03. And now we get to the fall of 03 and we get to the Haunted Mansion movie. Haunted Mansion movie is another one of those that's been talked a lot by various reviewers. And, and when it came up that we were going to do it for October... That is kind of a question. Is like, what can we say about this movie that hasn't already been said? And 
We're going to find a way. <laughs> We're going to find something to talk about this movie that that has not already been talked about. Well, here's here's the thing. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I maybe at the time I saw a couple of reviews of it. But it's been 20 years ago. And I kind of wiped it from my memory. And I never watched the movie. So this is not a rewatch for me. This is a new watch. I've watched part of this movie. Like flipping through television when it was on. and I, But I've never seen it from the beginning. So it's a half, re, half new watch, half rewatch. But yeah, that was 20-something years ago-ish. So, yay. Yeah, so weirdly, this might be kind of, like, if we repeat stuff other people have said, it's probably going to be coincidental. Because, I, at least for me, I'm kind of going into this fresh because I did not actually know the plot of this movie. Or, you know, in any of the... I mean, I knew... I had seen a couple of scenes from it. And I knew some of the people who were in it. But even looking at the opening credits, I was like, oh, I didn't even realize some of these people were in it. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize Terrence Stamp was in it. I didn't realize Wallace Shawn was in it. I knew Jennifer Tilly was in it. Because she posts like behind the scenes pictures on Twitter occasionally but that's kind of it if I repeat things and you're like oh yeah I heard that on somebody's YouTube channel or whatever I haven't seen it because I knew nothing about this movie going in honestly and, and at the time it was a critical and financial failure but now it's kind of seen as a cult classic, mostly because, again, it's been 20 years. So people who were children when they saw this movie have grown up and have a nostalgic feeling for this movie and are even sharing this movie with the, their own children. So you could say that about a lot of older movies. I mean... Uh, we we talked about the first Hocus Pocus. That also was a critical and financial failure, but now it's looked upon more fondly than it was back then. Weirdly, though, I while I remember, uh, you know, when I was when I was doing research for this episode, I kept seeing this movie compared to Hocus Pocus, and I was like, while I remember it not being like a super financial success. I never really remember people being like, man, you know what movie sucks? Hocus Pocus. I think because we were part of the target audience at the time. That was 93. And we were of the right age to really watch and enjoy that movie. And I would say, likewise, were we were already grown adults when this movie came out. Yeah, but the thing is, is like, at the time, though, that that Hocus Pocus came out, I was 
I mean, we've talked about this before. I was the sort of kid that watched, like, all the movie review shows, all the entertainment news, all the, you know? Mm. So I followed that, and, like, I remember it not being, like, the highest-reviewed thing ever. But in in my memory... I don't remember, like, every critic going on TV and being like, and now the Bette Midler flop, you know? Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like, and now a movie you can take your kids to, you know, it's got some chuckles. Not the movie of the year, but, you know, it's like a B, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I, I just kind of remember it being like, that like hey do you want like a mid-range family movie for halloween hocus pocus like but like when haunted mansion came out i remember it being like hey do you want to watch eddie murphy crap on his career haunted mansion like that's what i what i remember of those two like i don't remember them being like and now bet midler has ended her career Hocus Pocus. But I remember like when Haunted Mansion came out, they were like, is Eddie Murphy's career over? Haunted Mansion. (laughs) I think mostly because at that point in 93, uh, Bette Midler was kind of on a rise from her her, her career. You know, Beaches had come out and it was kind of storing her on, on a height that she hadn't had before. With Eddie Murphy, it was his career resurgence after being gone for a bit. Shrek had come out and that really revitalized his career. And it was, it's been so close together that anything that was marginally not amazing was considered terrible. Like, 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 like Pluto Nash. Like, like, you know, Pluto Nash comes out and it's terrible. And everyone's saying, oh, this is going to kill Eddie Murphy's career. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's it, you know. Um, I mean, Beaches was a hit and all that, but, like, yeah, I don't think Bette Midler had, like, a Shrek-level, you know, thing at that time. So maybe that's kind of what, what got her through that. I, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, like, anything that wasn't Shrek-level was considered, oh, it's a failure, it's a flop. And very few things was going to reach Shrek-level. Yeah. This came out, you know, Haunted Mansion came out right after Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, this was the next ride movie after the Curse of the Black Pearl, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And Pirates, as we've talked about, was the biggest thing ever. And then they were like, well, okay, we're going to do our other, like, really beloved theme ride, you know? I mean, Haunted Mansion has so many fans. Every time you go to any of the parks, it's always a long line for both Pirates and the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, I mean, they are iconic rides. And, I mean, you know my love of Haunted Mansion. Hmm. You know, 
anytime you go to the parks, I'm like, Connie Mansion stuff, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, uh, you know, I, I do have my, my stash of haunted mansion stuff, but like, I think a lot of people were wanting it to be like a big hit because the, the ride has so many fans. Mm-hmm. And again, it just came off of Pirates and Pirates was like the mega hit. Yeah. So people people were expecting the 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 high of Pirates to to match the Haunted the, Mansion to match the high of, of Pirates. And it kind of doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, no offense to anyone who do who, who does love this movie, but in two thousand three, you watch Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, and then you watch The Haunted Mansion. That that that's a. It's not the same level of action and excitement for both films. Well, I I said this when we did Black Pearl. That I did not see that one in theaters because I was like, oh, this is a ride movie. There is no way this is going to be good. And I decided not to, quote unquote, waste my money watching a ride movie in the theater. And so I missed out on seeing that one in the theater because I was so certain that it was going to not only be the curse of the black pearl, but the curse of the ride movie. Again, it it had just come out one year after country bears, even Disney themselves was worried over, over pirates because they saw the reviews of country bears and the fact that country bears was a financial flop, even to the point where Michael Eisner tried to get, pirates shut down to avoid any embarrassment at the box office and let's just be honest the the original trailers for that did not really do it much justice true they kind of looked a, a bit goofy so i but the thing is is that the Haunted Mansion trailers looked even worse. And I was like, by that point, I had seen Pirates, and I was like, okay, they did it once, but, like, this looks really not great. Fool me once, shame on me. Yeah. But the the thing is, is so I just, I, I was like, again, I'm still not trusting a ride movie. So I didn't go see Haunted Mansion, even though I like the ride and, you know, I I want a good Haunted Mansion movie, you know. And I was like, I'm going to wait to hear what people I trust say. And the people I trust went and saw the movie and they were like, oh, it sucks. And so I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll wait for like DVD or, you know, for it to come on TV and then I just never watched it because everybody was like, no, seriously, it sucks. Don't even bother renting it. So I just never did. Yeah. And it's for me, again, uh, I would watch part of it flipping through television as with airing on TV. I only know the, the, the plots of the movie by watching certain 
anger based review online shows from 10 years ago <laughs> you, you know the ones i ain't giving them if you know you know and if you know you have like ptsd <laughs> i ain't giving them uh free advertising space on my podcast <laughs> but uh yeah if you know you know so my whole thing was oh this 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 movie's bad this 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 Whoever made this movie did not understand what they were making or anything. And I'm not saying that a that this movie needed to be full horror or gory or R-rated, hard R, bloodlust. Get out. I did, we didn't need that. It's the Haunted Mansion. Doesn't need that. Even though right itself is not that. <laughs> Well, or, yeah, I mean, the ride, it, the ride itself is very kid-friendly, of course. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that there are ways to do horror that are kid-friendly. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess we got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because between, in the 20 years between this thing and the thing that just came out, which I also haven't seen, so I can't spoil it for you. There's going to be no spoilers for that i don't know (laughs) yeah i don't think you've seen it either yeah so okay so there was supposed to be a guillermo del toro haunted mansion can i yeah in between you know that daddy murphy one came out it tanked and disney was like okay we we need to do something with haunted mansion it's too good of a property and they're right And they were like, hey, you know who's a big Haunted Mansion fan? Guillermo del Toro. He's got like a whole section in that weirdo house of his we've talked about that's just Haunted Mansion themed. Um, Like got his own version of the Hatbox Ghost and stuff like in that thing. But he was supposed to be doing... A haunted mansion movie, and he announced, it got pretty far. Yeah, he announced this right around the time of Tron Legacy's release. That tells you how long ago this was. Yeah, this was supposed to be like twenty twelve, twenty ten, some somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, the um, and Doug Jones was supposed to be the Hatbox Ghost. You and Doug Jones. (laughs) I know, right? Okay, but like, can I live in the universe where we have Guillermo del Toro's Haunted Mansion with Doug Jones as the Hatbox Ghost? I mean, the the list of del Toro movies that he's wanted to do that will never happen just keeps growing and growing year after year. Like he was supposed to be the original director of The Hobbit. He was supposed to do a Wind in the Willows adaptation that we talked about last week. He was supposed to do Justice League Dark and The Haunted Mansion and whoever who else knows what other adaptations of uh, proper Doc- didn't he wasn't he supposed to do the Doctor Strange movie? Didn't we talk about that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And like I would like to go live in the universe where Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro got to do all the really cool stuff that I would like to see. Because 
that sounds like a universe with some really good cinema. Mm-hmm. Please let me see those movies. Um, instead, we get whatever the crap they're doing with Owen Wilson and Jared Leto or whatever. We may get to that one day if I get drunk enough. But anyway, back to this movie. The the reason the reason I brought up Guillermo del Toro is we've talked about before that he understands how to do like horror but family accessible. Mm-hmm. Um and I think he could have hit that mid mark of you can take your children to see this, but it's still got that edge to it. It's still scary. It's not yeah. but it's scary enough that your kids will be okay. Yeah. Um, like I would say, you know, like the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, what had its scary moments, but it's still a kids' movie or a movie that's appropriate for children. Yeah, you've got that that bit in Pirates, you know, where the the ghost pirates walk out into the moonlight, and you finally see their skeletal forms and all that. That's legit spooky, especially for kids. And the effects are good, and the you know, and speaking of which, that that is coming out at basically the same time this movie is coming out. Holy crap, the effects on this suck so bad. Night and day, night and day. You would not believe those movies came out back to back because we've we Months. talked. To- Within months of each other. Yeah, you we've we've talked about how mostly the effects from Black Pearl hold up pretty well for a twenty year old movie. The effects from Haunted Mansion would not they they did not hold up in the theater on opening day. Like there's some points where where Eddie Murphy is holding Madame Leota's uh, crystal ball, and it's very obvious he's holding nothing. Like, Eddie Murphy is not putting any heft or grip into whatever he's supposed to be holding. He's holding air, and he looks like he's holding air. They did not even give him, like, a blue chroma key-covered beach ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which would be the smart thing to do. You know, you you give him an object of that size covered in chroma key material. And then we'll just paste Jennifer Tilly's face right there. Yeah, you you just put the effect over, over that. That's typically the way you would do that. Why is he just miming his hands in midair? I haven't seen the the pre-effects footage, but I almost guarantee he's just miming holding something. Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't give him an object to hold. And I'm like, why didn't you just grab, like, a basketball or something and cover it, you know, either paint it or cover it in fabric? Why Why is he not holding a physical object? 
Mm-hmm. That that's like rule one or something. Like, yeah. why why are you doing this? This is kindergarten stuff. You are a like relatively high budget Disney movie. You you can't do something that like basic YouTubers can can do like today. Like Yeah. Like and there are some legit scary moments. Like the part where Eddie Murphy looks into the mirror and sees himself as a decaying corpse. That's a nice little jump scare moment. Where uh the body comes out of the casket and chases after them. It's a nice little scary moment. But it's so diluted. And I know people have talked about this. I There's no way some people haven't. There's too much comedy in this movie. There is just too much of it. I understand this is a kid's movie. But it's almost to a talk-down level of comedy. People complain about the Marvel movies having too many comedic moments. This movie has too many comedic moments for a movie called The Haunted Mansion. Okay, so as I was watching this movie, I figured out what was wrong with it for me, personally. Go ahead. Your mileage may vary, dear viewer, dear listener, as as to how you feel about this movie. But as a person who both loves comedy and loves horror, here's here's the thing that really kind of got to me about this film. Okay, Eddie Murphy is funny in general. I like Eddie Murphy. I liked Eddie Murphy's old stand-up. Okay? I, I was a big fan of it growing up as a kid. I liked Eddie Murphy on SNL. Okay? That's some classic stuff right there. I like Eddie Murphy in Shrek. Okay? I find Donkey funny. I, I, I got nothing against Eddie Murphy as a comedic actor in general. Some of Eddie Murphy's stuff is not funny to me on film. But I'm not going to say Eddie Murphy is not funny because that would be a lie. Eddie Murphy is not funny in this film. This film. He is not funny. And that is annoying because almost everybody else in this film is funny. Jennifer Tilly has some banger lines. Terrence Stamp made me laugh so hard every time he was on screen. Wallace Shawn is Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn is Wallace Shawn. I, I love Wallace Shawn. What, what can I say? You know, you put Wallace Shawn on screen, he's, he's going to kill it. But Terrence Stamp was absolutely the goat of this film. I didn't know he was going to be in this, but the second he showed up on screen doing whatever he he was in a totally different movie. It's it's a the the dry wit 
the straight, uh, you know, he worked for the someone who was supposed to be the straight man acting alongside Eddie Murphy. He's funnier. Oh, he's absolutely hilarious. Every single line he does, whatever that voice he was doing, because it's not his normal accent. You know, if you know Terrence Stamp, that is not his normal voice. He's putting on like a very specific cadence and stuff. I mean, he it, it's like he's trying to imitate the ghost host. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really funny what he's doing and every little, like, movement he does and, like, look he gives and stuff. I mean, he is absolutely on a different level to everyone else in this film, and it is hilarious. I, I, I want to see the movie that he thought he was in, because that movie is absolutely just a banger comedy. Okay? Him and and Jennifer Tilly are elevating it. And the kids even have some good bits. I really but, like the daughter. Yeah, she's just full The daughter feels like someone knew a teenager and wrote it like that. The son not so much. Yeah, the 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 younger the younger brother is kind of like he doesn't come off as a normal kid, although he does get some funny lines like I hate Latin, you know, like <laughs> like but like the the older the the older daughter, you know, she really feels like a smart to slightly older for her age, to, you know, kind of uh, she's, she's a teenager. Yeah, she's a thirteen-ish-year-old kid, but she has the attitude of an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, and 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 she's like, you know, it, it was kind of it was somewhere between like you either knew that kid or you were that kid. You know, she really rings true, and the little brother, like, he doesn't. He doesn't quite hit in the same way, but it's not horrible. You know, he get he gets some good lines, and you know, it's it's not as bad as some writing for children that we've seen in these movies. It's just he's not as compelling as the girl is. She he she's written older than she is. He. Then the son is written younger than he is because he's supposed to be like ten ish. Yeah, and it feels like he's written like he's five. Yeah, yeah, five or six or something. You know, yeah. like I, I, th I think that maybe when they cast the movie, the ages got changed around a little bit. Probably. Yeah, but the thing is, is that the the mom doesn't really have a lot of comedy given to her. So that's, you know, she's just kind of there to be the MacGuffin. Yeah, which yeah. kind of sucks. I would have liked to have seen more out of her. She doesn't do a lot, but a lot happens to her. Yeah, she's, uh, unfortunately, she's the, yeah, I mean, she's just the MacGuffin. There's, there's nothing else you can say about her, really, because she doesn't get a lot of agency. And all, all of her character... For both characters that she's playing, 
is delivered by other characters. Yeah, we're told who she is rather than shown who she is. Yeah. Um, so I feel kind of bad for her because the actor is is pretty good. But she's just yeah, I feel I feel kinda bad for her. I like the um I like the two servants. I mean, of course Wallace Shawn. Um but then you know, we've got the the little maid who's constantly running around being, you know, nervous and all that. She's she's really funny. Mm-hmm. But and the thing a, is, she has a few good one liners in the movie. Yeah, and I like her bringing cookies to the kids and stuff. You know, because mm-hmm. she knows they're they're probably scared and hungry, and you know, like don't give the kids cookies. <laughs> yeah, but. The thing is, is that that's the comedy side of it. But I think as a horror fan, what annoys me is that Eddie Murphy's character is the type of person who is such an unrepentant a-hole that he would be the person you're rooting for to get got, you know? Like you want to see him die. Just, yeah, if this was just a straight-up horror movie, you'd be like, okay, when is the slasher going to come out and take him out? And if he got any kind of redemption arc at all in a traditional horror movie, it would be sacrificing himself to save his family. Like, but he would still die. But because this is, still a Disney, this is still a Disney movie. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about we're talking about just comedy versus horror. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, take Disney out of the equation. Like, just comedy versus horror. As a horror fan, you see a character like this who is just so unrepentantly annoying. Up his own backside. Yeah, and you're like, okay, in a traditional horror film, this is the guy who's gonna have to die to show the ethical lesson. You know? You've got the wife who didn't do anything wrong, you got the kids who didn't do anything wrong, they can survive. But that dude is the reason we're in danger. You know? Mm-hmm. And at every turn, he has the chance to do the right thing. And instead, he does the wrong thing, putting his family in more danger. And in a traditional horror movie, he would have to pay the price. Because that is the the moral you know, ending of the story. Mm-hmm. The heroic sacrifice to redeem yourself. Yeah. The, you know, prove that you love your family by, you know, sacrificing yourself to save them. Taking the bad guy with you. But... Except for the fact that he kind of, at the end of the movie, like, stands in front of 
Gracie and goes like, oh, yeah, you can stab me, but I'll just stay here and, you know, we'll fight for eternity. Like, he doesn't really do anything. It's an unearned moment. And it, it's a nice line, and it, it definitely feels like something a husband would say about his wife. Hey, you know, you can kill me and take my wife, but, uh, but hey, we'll both be dead. I'll kick your ass forever. Yeah. And it's also the moment where, 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 you know, again, we're going to jump around. If you haven't seen the movie spoilers, where, where the wife, Sarah, presumably dies and he's holding her in his arms. Says, oh, no, I love you so much. And it's like that it feels like it's, a, it's an unearned moment. Yeah, because the movie starts with him being like, well, it's my anniversary, but I'm going to stay and talk to these randos at a bar to sell a house. Yeah, let's maybe. Uh, yeah, do do, do you want to get into that or? Well, I mean, yeah, because that that's the whole premise of the movie is that they're realtors. Him and his wife are both realtors. You know, it's ever's and ever's. We want you to be happy for ever's and ever's. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Murphy yeah. plays. Yeah, Eddie Murphy plays Jim Evers, a realtor, and his wife Sarah. They both co-own this business, ever's and ever's. They sell houses, and he is all business even when his wife is calling him talking about their anniversary dinner he is flipping the dialogue around to try to sell this house to this couple he's with oh and by the way i just love that the couple he's with the the wife is mm -hmm. is the uh the uh dr linda from lucifer <laughs> I, I just i thought that was really fun. it was before she kind of like had more you know, like better roles and stuff. You know, I, I guess it was like one of her earlier parts or or whatever. Because I was like, wait a minute, is that Doctor Linda? And I looked it up, and yes, it is. So, fun little fun little bit for all you Lucifer fans. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it immediately is like, hey, this this dude is a workaholic, and he doesn't really pay attention to his wife or his kids. Um, although I did like in a, a, a sort of kind of, but not really reference to the tiki room from the, from the Hawaiian restaurant that they're in. Yeah. That's all on that one. But yeah, he's a workaholic. He's working on working, working all the time. And he's, and then they say he's missed birthdays. He's missed baseball games. He's missed so many events in his children's lives because he's just constantly working. And the thing is, is like his wife is also a realtor, but she seems to have a better like work-life balance. So what's his problem? Question mark. I don't know. It's, you know, he comes home and he's like, Oh, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna go away for the, the weekend and all that kind of stuff. And then she gets a call because of like some, you know, the ghosts see her picture on like a flyer and they're like, oh, look, she's the reincarnation of the master's dead love and blah, 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 whatever. Anyway, um, shenanigans. But like Terrence Stamp calls up and he's like, yeah, you woman, come along. Don't don't bring your husband or your family. We just want you to sell the house. 
instead of doing that, Eddie Murphy's like, no, we're all going to go. We're taking the kids. We're just going to crash this dude's mansion. And Well, it's, it's, it's on the way to the lake because they're going to the lake for the weekend. So might as well take the family up there, secure the deal, on the way to the lake. The running gag in the movie, 20 minutes tops. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, if it's 20 minutes tops, stay in the car and let her go inside. You know, like, I mean, I realized that, like, in this situation, it's obvious that he doesn't trust his wife. It's supposed to be like Evers and Evers real estate. But we never see her doing any real estating. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, we. it's even even when they're in the mansion, they get there and they meet everybody. It's 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 Eddie Murphy. It's it's Jim that takes the lead. He's the one doing the selling. He's taking control of the situation when it's supposed to be his wife's sale. Even though it's obvious that the buyer feels more comfortable with her. For whatever reason. If the buyer feels more comfortable with negotiating with her, don't you think you're going to get maybe a better deal going with the person the buyer feels more comfortable with? Just a thought. Yeah, but he doesn't think that way. It's just. Well, see, this is what I'm saying. Like in a traditional horror movie, there's a comeuppance for him. And one of the reasons why I think this movie doesn't work is that there's never really any comeuppance for him. The closest we get to a comeuppance is when he's thrown out of a window and falls onto his car and then has this moment of, oh, it's my fault. I I shouldn't have come here with them. And it's like, I put my family in danger. And then so. Madame Leota just shows up to be like, hey, you, you going to sit there like a punk or are you going to like keep trying? Which is like, I wanted her to be like, yeah, you screwed up. Now make it better. You know, like... Do, do something about it. Yeah. But the the problem is, is that, like, the rest of his family suffers at points during the movie. And except for, like, him getting thrown out the window, which he doesn't really even seem to, like, suffer a bruise. Even though he fell, like, three or four stories, you know? He should at least have a broken arm. Yeah, I mean, he should have dislocated something or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, except for, like, that one thing or whatever, like, his children are locked in a trunk and terrified and, you know, almost killed. His wife is killed and comes back from the dead, you know, eventually. But, like, she legit dies. Um, And all that kind of stuff. Like, the rest of his family legit suffers, and except for that one thing where he gets thrown out the window and doesn't even bruise, what what does Jim go through? Yeah, and he even ran, races his car up a hill through a window in the house. Not even a scratch. I mean that that car is busted. Not even not even a scratch on him. Our hero, everybody. Yeah, and that that's the that's the thing I like is that the the hero in this movie is so incredibly unlikable. 
You cannot root for him. You yeah. want the rest of his family to get out of this, okay? Because they have done legitimately nothing wrong. They've done nothing, period. I no mean, offense, but other than the two kids following a ghost and getting some clues, nothing really, they don't really do much. Or, well, yeah, yeah, none of the, none of the family actually, like, well, the, the little girl is, is useful, because she, like, does stuff. She's small enough to get the key. Well, and she knows Latin, and she, you know, understands that the ghost orb is trying to lead them somewhere and is not dangerous to them, and, you know. I mean, she she actually works out a lot of the mystery because <laughs> she remembers, like, what Madame Leota says to them. And she, like, you know, mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy's just standing in the mausoleum going, like, oh, uh, what, what what do we do now? And she's like, okay, here, here here's the rhyme again, you know. And then he's like, oh, you think it's the giant thing in the middle of the room? And she's like, yeah, good job, Dad. You figured it out. Good for you. <laughs> You're a smarty. But like the little girl is actually kind of useful to the plot. And it feels like maybe she was supposed to be uh older and they kind of de-aged her because they wanted a younger kid to to uh to appeal more to the kid audience maybe. Yeah, I think that's kind of what happened cuz she she speaks like she's like older than she's supposed to be, you know. Like I said, she's 13 or so-ish here. 12, 13, let's say. And she's acting like she's 18. Yeah, I'd say, like, probably in the script she was supposed to be, like, maybe 16 or something in the original mm-hmm. draft. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they they aged her down some. That's my guess. Um, and then I think maybe the the little brother was supposed to maybe be 6 or 7. And they aged him up to ten. They aged him up a little bit. They were like, "No, there's too big an age gap between these two kids," you know. Um, and, his, and his big thing is fear of spiders. Yeah, and and his his big character arc is at one point there are tarantulas, and he overcomes his fear long enough to unlock a door that is surrounded by tarantulas. Good for you, kid. But that, is, that that's his character arc? Yeah, there, and there we the, go. The way they go with the dad is like, you know, you're you're almost a man now. You're not supposed to be afraid of anything. And the flip is, you know, the 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 family moment. It's it's okay to be afraid sometimes. It's just don't let the fear control you. Yeah. Which, eh, sure. But you, you you need a moral a moral lesson in this movie, I suppose. Yeah, it's but it's it's not. I mean, it it is in general a good lesson of like you know, bravery is not being unafraid. Bravery is you know, yeah, you're afraid, but you're you're gonna work through it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a good thing to teach kids and adults, you know. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that like what. What does our what does our protagonist learn at the end except for saying like nothing takes twenty minutes? 
Like that that's that's his that's his big if it had been a situation where he learns not to be so much of a workaholic. But that doesn't really come up after they get to the mansion. Because we don't see anything after the mansion. You know, they solve the mystery. And, okay, here's my other problem with this movie. So there's the big kind of, well, you don't know it's a mystery until most of the way through the movie, which is kind of annoying and also if you're older than maybe 12 years old you you do realize what's going on pretty quickly is the whole thing is is that uh gracie edward gracie the owner of the mansion is in love with a woman named elizabeth edward gracie is white elizabeth is black and it is, you know, like early 1900s in Louisiana. There's still miscegenation laws. If they marry, he's going to have to give up all his wealth and fortune and position in society and run away to somewhere that's less racist and marry her. Okay. Supposedly, Elizabeth commits suicide rather than marry him, and when he discovers her body, uh, Gracie hangs himself, and that is the end of their love story, and that is what leads all of the ghosts to be haunting the haunted mansion. And supposedly, Sarah is the reincarnation of Elizabeth. And if they fall in love and she drinks poison and chooses to be with Gracie, then, like, everything will be happy and their spirits can move on and blah, 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 blah. So that's why uh, Terrence Stamp wanted Sarah there alone so that she could marry Gracie and then kill herself and then they could be happily ever after on the spirit plane. Whatever. That's another issue I have with the movie. I don't think it goes far enough into that. Because it never straight up says, I don't want you to marry the black woman. It's, I don't want you to marry her of her stand. Like, the implication is that she is just a, a, quote, commoner. She's not an aristocrat. She is a commoner. She is a poor person. You cannot marry a poor person. But if I kind of wish that they had gone full out racist you can't marry her because she's black i will not have the bloodline soiled by a black woman in the family well yeah that's that's what i was gonna say is they try to have their cake and eat it too on this one and i don't like how they did it because terrence stamp is like you know you you fell in love and Gracie was like, you know, he was like, how selfish of you to fall in love and everything. And it sounds kind of dumb if you don't know the history of the time period in the area. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're watching it without context, you're like, 
why is this butler so mad at this guy for falling in love with the woman? Is the butler in love with the master, maybe? Is the, like, without the context of, like, oh, this is a heavily segregated racist, you know, there are laws against mixed race marriage at the time, like, you know, he would be disowned, he would have to leave, he would lose all of his money, the servants would lose their jobs, like, there's like a whole lot of crap packed into this, and it's just kind of glossed over with you falling in love is selfish instead of it being like boy is there a lot to unpack about this being like really tied up in the racism of Louisiana of the time you know mm-hmm. and, and yeah the, the movie the movie doesn't the movie is afraid to go there it wants to imply it, but it is too afraid to go there. And I understand that this is still a family movie, but you could have still impl- you could have still gone there. It would have been a nice lesson to teach the kids, especially when the racist butler goes to hell. Yeah, which is a great moral. The racist butler, when all of its plans are foiled, has summoned demons from hell to take them away for ruining his life. And then the demons turn on him. Presumably Satan himself as a snake wraps himself around the butler and drags him to hell for being a freaking racist. That that was the thing is that I I really wanted them to... To stop dancing around, like, why this was such a, you know. Because without that context, it seems very, you know. This movie is 80 minutes. It doesn't even hit 90. So it feels like maybe something got cut. Which would have explained things better? I don't know. Maybe. The thing is, is I didn't realize it was that short because it seems so very long. The first half... This mo- like I said, this movie is 85 minutes. This movie is 85 minutes long. It feels like five hours. Especially when you go through the first half of the movie. They slow it down so much. The first half of this movie, which could have easily been 15, 20 minutes. And they pad it out so much. But when you get to that second half of the movie, where the story starts ramping up and there's a lot more action and you get a lot more backstory, it's actually starting to get a little good. Honestly, it needed more ghosts and stuff. 999 haunts. We'd only see 999 haunts. I mean, there is a cast of, like, basically six people. And then you get sort of cameo moments where it's like, oh, apparently there are other ghosts in this house. We get cameos of random actors playing all of the ghosts from the ride. 
And it's really only in one scene where they go to the the graveyard. The graveyard, yeah. And it's it's cute, you know. It's a nice reference to the ride. You get the two duelists, you get the dancing ghosts from the ballroom, you get the singing bus. I'll get to the singing bus. But you get the hitchhiking ghosts. Yeah, I mean, it, it's nice having the Dapper Dans doing the the singing busts, you know, and that's a cute scene, even though the special effects are so bad. I mean, maybe the worst special effects in the movie. Yeah. You could have just put, like, actors in makeup. Do what they do on the ride! projections but for some reason the whatever they use to do the singing busts is just the worst like the the when it comes to the singing bus the movie stops the movie stops just to have this long gag of the singing bus and I get the singing bus. It's part of the ride. You pass by the ride and they're singing. Game really goes to mouth. You socialize. Oh, and the funny thing is, is that on Disney Plus, uh, they get the um, the captions, get the lyrics to the song wrong. Instead of grim, grinning ghosts, they say like when we ghosts or something like that so they they don't even get the actual like title line of the song correct it's called grim grinning ghost that's the name of the song i know and it's on the official disney plus i mean i watched it on disney plus so this is the official you know whatever but the the captions don't even get the lyrics to the song right for the title lyric of the song and i mean I, oh man it looks it looks like they tried to make it look stop motion and it just doesn't look right. Though I appreciate the 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 fanon added in here of one of the bus looking like Walt Disney. Yeah. Uh yeah, there's a for those of you who don't know the 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 the, the thing, uh there's a long running fan theory of one of the bus being the bust of Walt Disney, one of the singing one of the singing bus. But that is actually the 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 face of Thor Ravenscroft, the voice of the old the original voice of Tony the Tiger. He sang your mean one, Mr. Grinch, and sung a bunch of songs that are in several Disney movies and rides. It's just a lot of people said that he looked like Walt Disney. So in the movie, they made that bus look like Walt Disney. But uh yeah, the movie stops for the singing bus, and it's in the the it would be it would be fine if the gag was funny. But it's not. Like, they start out singing Grim Grinning Ghosts. Fine, because that's a song from the ride. That, that should be in the movie somewhere. But then you get Eddie Murphy saying, like, half a sentence. And then the bus are interrupting with whatever the last word he says. And they're going into a song related to that word. And then they eventually just start making up songs to whatever he's saying. Dad, I found it. I get it. I mean, the singing bus, part of the ride. The song, part of the ride. Why not have that reference in the movie? But it just, it feels like it should be a deleted scene. 
Eh, I don't know. I kind of, mm, I kind of have less anger toward that scene, I guess. Um, it reminds me of a game that I used to play as a kid. It was a board game. I don't even remember the name of it, but it was a board game that we used to play in my house as a kid. Um, and you, it would give you a word and you'd have to sing as many songs as you could with that, that word mm-hmm. in the lyrics and stuff. It's so like them just bursting out into songs based on whatever he said kind of reminded me of playing that game as a kid. Mm. So I, I think, I think that just that weird little bit of nostalgia in my brain kind of, uh, kind of made me less sour on that. On that. I mean, also I will, I do appreciate the other references to the ride, like the portraits that change as you pass by them, going from very nice to very horrifying. The fu- the bus that always has their eye on you, no matter what direction you look. The, 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 the never-ending hallway. The door that breathes. Uh, okay, that was the one thing that I thought was like, in a horror movie, this, this guy would deserve death. Because Eddie Murphy walks up and the door breathes and he's like, yeah, that's just termites. They got big termites here. And I'm like, you know, in a in a legit horror movie, that would be like your death sentence. But yeah, there's a lot of references to the ride, the queue. So it's like there's a not there's a the, the references to the ride are are appreciated. And of course, there's there's all the hidden Mickeys. Mm-hmm. In the movie as well. Um, you get like. The the doors. When. Eddie Murphy is, is running from. Madame Leota. And her like floating instruments. There. When he first meets her. There's like. Uh, glass bits. In the top of the doors. And they're shaped like Mickey ears. As he runs down the hallway. So all of the doors have these little um, windows at the top that are done like Mickey ears. Um, and um, the the lock on the, the gate of the mansion when they first arrive is shaped kind of like Mickey ears. And stuff. I mean, there's there's like lots of different ones, and I don't remember them all, but I, I noticed a bunch of them. Yeah, I I like all of the the little shout outs, but the thing is, is that it's so discombobulated as a film. It wanted to focus so much on Eddie Murphy, but the problem is, is that they didn't make him likable and I know I keep harping on that point but it's such an important point (laughs) your protagonist needs to be likable or at least have a moment of redemption your protagonist doesn't necessarily have to be likable all the way through the movie but 
there has to be something maybe charismatic about them or um and that's the thing this is eddie murphy one of the funniest actors ever and I'm not saying Eddie Murphy's not charismatic, like as a as a dude. I'm saying this character is not. Yeah, whatever they gave him, not good. It's he's he's such a unlikable person because there's there's nothing to latch onto. He's he's very slimy in his business dealings. Mm-hmm. So you can't even be like, well, you know, he's a workaholic, but you can kind of like see where people would like him and he's really ingratiating, you know, himself into, you know, like he's got the riz, you know, like, no, no, no. He's not, and everybody seems to, like, not really like him. When he's dealing with, with people, you know, you see the the couple at the beginning that are buying the house from him, and they're just kind of barely tolerating him. But he has to use these kind of underhanded tricks with his wife on the phone to get the people to buy the house. Mm-hmm. And then he's at the tiki bar with the people who are selling the house, and he finally just has to be like, sign the papers so I can leave, you know. Because they want him to, you know, say, stay, stay, have a few drinks with us. No, no, no. I, I have a thing with my wife, please. I, I I just need to go. I mean, no congratulations on the house, but I need to do a thing with my wife. So yeah. I, on that level, I can understand uh, Eddie Murphy's, Jim's anger. Because, hey, hey, I'm not here to, you know, I'm not here to party. I'm here to have you sign the papers, seal the seal the sale, so I can go home and be with my wife. Yeah, those people, I can, I can understand Jim's side of things on that. But then, like, he... He's leaving, he's leaving. He's and leaving, then, and those people, those people at the bar are like, did we hear that you're a realtor? And he's like... Yes, I am. Let me stay late and talk to you about buying houses, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, just be like, here's my card. Let me call get me your on number. Monday. I'll, you know, call me on Monday. You know, like the thing is, is like, there's got to be something to hook you in as an audience member to be like, okay, I want to know what happens to this guy or I'm rooting for him to have a redemption. And through the entire movie, I was like, okay, well, yeah, it's a comedy, but also it's a horror movie, quote-unquote. So, like, maybe he'll die and be like the, you know, room for one more, you know? Like, I was waiting for that to be the thing. 999. Happy haunts, but there's room for a thousand. Yeah, it's like I I expected that to be the thing. Like he would he would make the the good sacrifice, be the one thousand taunt. Yeah, and that would be his his character arc or something. But the thing is, he doesn't get a character arc. 
He really doesn't. If you break this movie down, there is no, like, he goes from point A to point B. He goes from point A to point A. It's just now he owns a mansion. Yeah, there's no... I put too much... Other than the point I just said before, other than, you know, he's so obsessed with his work, he got his family in this danger, but he doesn't, we don't, we never see anything after that. We don't see him becoming less of a workaholic or anything like that. I mean, once his wife comes back to life, she's like, okay, next time that we say we're going to the lake, we're going to the lake. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, we're going to the lake. And then we see them like driving off with Madame Leota and the, the singing busts. And okay. they're driving off to the lake. Okay. So the point of the thing is that once Gracie can move on, all of the other haunts can move on as well. It's a Beauty and the Beast situation. Fine. If all of the haunts can now pass on to the other side, why is Leota and the bus still there? Why haven't they moved on? Well, the thing is, is that I don't think Leota is a traditional haunt. They use the G word to describe her. Well, yeah, I mean, she's she's Romani and they use the the other word that we don't use to describe her. Um, But the thing is, is that. Everybody else is just a spectral form. Everything else we see is a spectral form. Okay? They wander around and they're just spectral forms. But Madame Leota and the uh, the singing busts are encased in an object. So I do wonder if that has something to do with it. Leota is very also Leota is also very afraid of being dropped. The implication be if that if that crystal ball shatters, she ceases to exist. At least that's how I understood it, because she's so afraid. Or of- maybe she goes somewhere very unpleasant. We don't know. <laughs> it might be a curse or something, you know. She, she is See, a fortune teller. She is a fortune teller that is somewhat dark arts. Your mileage on dark arts may vary. I would love to just have a Madame Leota movie. The like, origin of Madame Leota? Yeah, the origin of Madame Leota, I think, would be a very interesting movie if it were done correctly. I mean, there's that one funny line is that they're in the car about to race through the wall of the uh, the window of the mansion. He says, hold on. And Leota just looks at him like, with what? <laughs> I think the funnier line is after they crash through and he looks over at Leota and she's trapped there in the the airbag. The airbag and he's he's like I'm going to go save him or whatever and she's like, "Yeah, I'll just stay here." You know, because <laughs> she's trapped, she can't even roll around in the ball or whatever like like she's like, trapped in with a with an airbag pressed against her. <laughs> yeah. So I love that she's just like there. Um, but yeah, it, I think it's just kind of funny, but the thing is, is like, 
we don't actually get a postscript, and I think it was because they were hoping for a sequel. There's nothing that happens after they, like, leave the mansion except we see them, like, driving over the causeway. I mean, we just, we never see their life after. We never see, like, yay, Dad, you made my birthday this year or whatever. You know, like, we don't see the... Like, if it had been a thing six months later, and then he's, like, making another deal, and, oh, yeah, yeah, uh... Oh yeah, blah blah blah. We'll we'll talk about tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, it's, you know, tomorrow's my daughter's recital, my son's baseball game. I'll we'll talk about this on Monday. Monday's great, wonderful. And then the next scene is him at his daughter's recital, his son's baseball game, or whatever. And then you can have the gag of dad, mom, brother, sister, whatever. And then there's Leota. <laughs> yeah, you know show that there has been some growth in the character because mm. of what happened but yeah it just never it never did never happened maybe they were expecting this to be the big hit just like pirates maybe i don't know because it's like like also i've already said it 999 happy haunts if you're riding the ride, these are ghosts who are happy to be dead and happy to be in the mansion. They're having a party and they've invited the living to join them. The fact that this movie involves a curse and these ghosts are trapped there. Well, th that's the thing about doing the, the Haunted Mansion as a as a film is if everything is happy, what's your hook for the film? Mm -hmm. Now I could see it being done as like the ghosts were happy and something has thrown off the, the mansion, you know, like something has invaded the mansion and the ghosts were fine and something has thrown off that vibe mm -hmm. you know like 999 and then the thousandth is not a happy one or something you know they've thrown off the sympathetic vibrations yeah who knows I mean there's ways to do it mm -hmm. where it's like you know the rest of us are happy being here but that one dude you know <laughs> mm -hmm. there's always one you know yeah. But yeah, I th I think you're right in that it's the haunted mansion and then when we leave it it's Hurry not the back. haunted mansion anymore. Hurry back. They want us to come back. They want us to go come back and have another party. <laughs> yeah, I mean it would be nice if you could like like if it had been like the rest of the ghosts are happy here. As long as we get rid of Terrence Stamp. Yeah. And then, like, maybe, like, they hand over the deed to the Evers family and they're like, hey, make sure that the, the mansion is kept up so that we can be happy here. And which, we're not bothered. Which would explain why, like, in the parks, 
the outside of the mansion is kept neat and tidy, and then you go inside the mansion, and there's the cobwebs and the ghosts and whatnot. Oh, that was the funniest thing to me, is that they go inside the mansion and there's all the cobwebs and everything, and the little boy just stands there, and then all of a sudden he sees, like, one spider skitter around, and he's like, Dad, there's spiders here! And I'm like, oh, really? That's what tipped you off? Not, like, the 300 cobwebs that are in there when you walk in the door? Mm-hmm. Like, you had to wait to see a physical spider to realize there are spiders here? Not all of the cobwebs all over everything. Brilliant. Brilliant kid. And like I said, the whole moment where his wife dies and he's holding her and he tells her how much he loves her and it's like it's an unearned moment. And all he does is says, I love you, I love you, I love you. Not, don't leave me, I can't do this without you. At least that would have been a character growth moment, you know? It. There's also the thing of like when they have the reveal of, like, oh, she really is the, the whatever. Um, she really is the the reincarnation of the, the woman he was in love with or whatever after she's died. And Gracie and Sarah slash Elizabeth are kissing and everything. And the whole family is just standing there like... um. You and like, like, dude, he's kissing, he's still kissing your wife, that is still your wife's body that he is kissing. Yeah, and it's like, well, and then Eddie Murphy's like, he's he's not, it's he's not really kissing your mom, and they're like, yeah, you you tell yourself that, dad, like, you know, like, (laughs) she's all like, you know, I couldn't merge with my form until the truth was revealed and I'm like okay that doesn't make any sense because are you the reincarnation or aren't you because reincarnation implies soul the same soul at least that's my understanding of reincarnation yeah so it's like this is just a chick who looks like you like, you know, maybe from the same family line or whatever, and so you you look very similar. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that chick had a sister or brother or whatever, and, you know, years later, this is one of your descendants or something. Doctor Who logic. <laughs> yeah. But, like, uh, apparently her soul has been trapped in that mansion as the little floaty ghost ball. Without a body. Without a body. So she couldn't communicate with any of the other ghosts. No and, reason is given. No, just, just that's that's it. No reason yeah, is given. Part of the curse, I guess. Yeah. But until they like reveal the truth that like no, she didn't kill herself. She was murdered. Now she can like her soul can inhabit the body of the other. So, like, did Sarah not have a soul until then? That implies a lot that this movie is not ready to say. Yeah, I mean, it's this is a really messed up movie if you think about it for more than two seconds. You know? 
Because mm. it's like, this movie is, is very definite on heaven exists, hell exists, in the sense of like paradise and burning forever, kind of heaven and hell. Paradise and damnation. Yeah. Um, and like, you, you have a spirit that continues after death. And apparently reincarnation is also a possibility. Like, apparently it's possible for a body to reincarnate and a soul to not re... And, like, if Elizabeth's soul goes to heaven, what is Sarah? Because, like, Sarah revives and, like, stays in the realm of the living with her family and Elizabeth's soul goes to heaven with the rest of the ghosts, so is she the reincarnation of... I don't think she is, honestly. She keeps saying that she's not. And they try to jog her memory that she might be, and it doesn't work. I just, She is just a woman that looked like his ex. And he's trying to replace her with this woman that looks like her. Yeah, maybe. That's that's the only thing I can think of. Otherwise, again, this movie is implying things that it's not ready to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So, I, Kiki, Haunted Mansion 2003, does it have the magic? I'm gonna say no, but the thing is, is it could have. I, I can see parts where it could have. I'm I, I know say, it sounds weird, but... I'm going to say no, but there's something here. Like, yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. It could have been. There's something here. This is half of a good movie. This is 20 to 30 minutes of a good movie. If this was like the like the Muppets Haunted Mansion special, if this was like a 30-minute or one-hour TV special, this might actually be really good. But because if, it... If this was the movie Terrence Stamp and Jennifer Tilly thought they were in, this is a good movie. If this is the movie Eddie Murphy thinks he's in, not a good movie. Yeah. I'll go with that. So yeah, it's 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 not it's not. And and if you're someone, if you're one of the people who grew up with this movie, if you were a kid in 2003 and you're an adult now, and you grew up with this movie and you have nostalgia for this movie, more power to you. Great. I did not grow up with this movie. I do not have nostalgia for this movie. Sorry. So let's move on to next week. Kiki, uh, a little early this month, but we are going back into the TARDIS. We are putting spooky season on hold for the 11th Doctor. We're getting back into Doctor Who, 11th Doctor, Matt Smith. Yeah, I like talking about Doctor Who. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this Doctor Who technically can work in, in spooky season if it's the right episode. Yeah. So come back next week as we talk 11th Doctor, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Hurry back. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversations on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Rewatching the Magic. We are on the X, formerly known as Twitter, at Rewatch the Magic. 
and new episodes are available every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it. Podcasts are fun. But there's work to be done. We encourage you to get involved. Here are some organizations we support. The American Civil Liberties Union fights for the constitutional rights of all Americans. Find them at ACLU.org. The National Network of Abortion Funds helps people find access to safe abortion services. Their site is abortionfunds.org. The Trevor Project provides a 24-7 crisis helpline for LGBTQ youth and education services for schools on LGBTQ issues. They can be found at thetrevorproject.org. Or find a way to help in your area.